for the King James Bible University. Uh, we're going to be going through should women be preachers, teachers, bishops, and and so forth. So, you know, I, I want to really address this because this has a lot to do with um, many people going back and forth talking about that, you know, most women, where they tell you where they're allowed to teach, they can do these things, and they like to change the scriptures to, to actually support what they're saying. But today, we're going to be going through the scriptures. We're going to hit head on some of the same scriptures that they like to use. We're going to give you the correct understanding of that. And we're going to also give you scriptures that they refuse to actually go into to to, to disprove what they're saying. So with that, we're going, to, we're going to go into this. And we're going to try to stay on message this, this entire time as we go through this. Because it's a lot of, lot of controversy out there behind this here. And we want to make sure that we're always making sure that we are always understanding exactly what the word is saying at all times. So with that, we're going to say our prayer and we're going to jump directly into this lesson. So dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for all things. Thank you for giving us the wisdom, the understanding to where we can study your word and go through it and understand it based on precept upon precept, line upon line, here little and there little. And that way we can get knowledge and understanding of your word. I ask, dear Father, let nothing come out of this message that is not of you. All these things we pray in the name of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. Amen. So what we're going to do, we have many women saying that they can um, preach and teach. Let me adjust this one second. Just a little bit. Okay, we should be good there. So, let me see. Okay, we should be good. Okay, so um, basically what we're going to do, we're going to look at what happened, what the position of a man is, what the position of a woman. And we want to get a clear understanding exactly Bible-wise, what do it mean by that. And with that, we're going to find out exactly what the positions are, who is supposed to be in charge of what, and what is going on throughout the scriptures entirely. So, first we want to see from the beginning, the women was created to be our helpmates. And you'll see that over in Genesis. But the problem is, where the woman have failed is where... She she went through and she was challenged by a serpent. Now, most people always want to get to fail understanding to think that a serpent, that she was talking to a snake. And that's not what the Bible was actually saying. It's actually an allegory because a serpent is talking about someone who was cunning. You know, they were, they were uh, subtle, but they was very intelligent in what they was doing. That's all it's saying. It wasn't that she walked up to a tree and, a tr and the snake was wrapped around a tree and she started talking to it. This is this is a fable or fairy tale that, that people who is who is loose in the word and not understanding the context of what's going through is what they're using. But it's don't, at no time it says that. This is clearly talking about a serpent, somebody who was cunning in the word 
and actually had a conversation with her. And we're going to look at that. We're going to go to Genesis, and we're going to start at 2 and 18. And it tells you right here, it says, And the Lord said, It is not good for man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. So right here we clearly know he said he's going to make a helpmeet for him. This at no time sitting there saying he's going to make him a ruler or, or put somebody else above him or anything. He's going to make a helpmeet for him. So we have to understand exactly what that's saying. Now, the same as I said, now with the serpents in the Bible, sometimes it'll pertain to a serpent. Sometimes it'll pertain to a serpent as a person. We have to understand and understand when we're reading in context what it's saying all the time. Because it, it'll switch back and forth. And if you're not if you're not being a student of the word, you'll actually mistake that serpent all the way through, all the way as a serpent. And that's not what the Bible was saying. A serpent is someone who's cunning, crafty. A crafty person is what it's, this is saying all the time. And to show you an example of that, we're going to look at Matthew. We're going to look at Matthew 22, 23, and we're going to start at 31. We're going to look at what Jesus said exactly on what he's talking about, a serpent. And look, and look how he actually describes what a serpent is. In Matthew 23 and 31, Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves, that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. So he's telling that they be the children that killed the prophets. Fill ye up with the measure of your fathers, ye serpents. He's literally calling them serpents. Ye generation of vipers. He, all these things pertaining to, in most people, carnal state is pertaining to a snake. But he's pertaining to people who is cunning in the word. This is what he's talking about. And uh, how can ye escape? Uh, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. So he's telling you exactly what they are. These these are these are cunning men. They're sharp in the word and they can twist you up. But he sent he sent these prophets to them and they went against them also. And he and he's telling you plain as day what they did. He killed they killed some, they scorned some, they prosecuted them in the synagogues, they did these things to them. Because what? Because you have people who sitting there twisting the word and these are these are the snakes, these are the serpents that he is talking about. Now, the same as we're going to look at with, with, with Eve. Eve was fooled by a serpent, a cunning man. It, it was not a snake. At no time, if you look at it and you read the scripture, she, she was fooled by a snake. And it actually even tells you, you know, in acting of a lack of intelligence and failed as a serpent in that day is a serpent appeared even as an angel of light. So we have even where cunning men, where they even appeared as angels of light. And these are serpents. And we'll see where Paul gets into that. And Paul tells you this exact same thing in, in, in 2 Corinthians 11 and 13. And what we have here is where these are false apostles. 
These are false preachers, teachers, evangelists. This is what this is actually talking about. And we're going to look at that, 2 Corinthians 11 and 13. It says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. This is what they have done. And then it says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing uh, if his ministers also transfer as ministers of righteousness who shall end shall be according to their works. What are their works? They're sitting there one day, they're working out of they working out of order. One. Two, they're preaching false doctrine. Two. Three, they're not going they not can't they can't preach their entire word or they're going what they're gonna do, they're gonna they're gonna interchange words and make interchanging words based on false doctrine. Because sometimes they'll say, well this really means that but that really means this. When you have same thing, like when you have serpents, and he's using it in context, and in the context that it's structured in, sometimes the same as when Moses lifted up the serpent up on the pole, and he said, if you look up on that serpent, that they'll be healed. That was a snake that he put up there. Same as same as Moses when he laid down, when he told Aaron to lay down his staff, that was a serpent. At no way in time ever was that talking about a serpent being of a cunning human being at no time. But when you sit there and you see that the serpent was more subtle, he was more cunning, he was more highly educated than than than, than any other beast of the field, when that's when Eve talked to her, this is what got her in trouble. So we're going to look at, so now the woman, as I keep talking about Eve, we're going to look at this and we'll see where she made her, where she made her mistake. And we're going to see exactly how this went. Let's turn to Genesis 3 and 1. We're going to start there. And we're going to start picking through there. And start getting an understanding exactly what, what was happening there. So Genesis 3 and 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. So you can see here, it was sharper. It was more cunning than anything. It's clear right here in Scripture. And it says, And he said unto the woman. So now... You have most preachers that sit there and say that people talking to snakes and goats and cows, that it was normal back in that time. And you got to understand, that's normal back in the time. It won't make no sense in this time. But this this was appearing as a person. And it, and it said to her, and as we go more into scripture, you're going to see exactly how we understand this. And he said, uh, have God said, the first thing he's going to challenge, he's challenging God's word. Have God said, ye should not eat of every tree in the garden. And what it's doing, he's clearly challenging the commandment of God. God said you can eat of any tree, but the tree in the midst of the garden you should not eat. And you shall not eat. But he told that, he gave that commandment to Adam. Adam gave that to his wife Eve, and what did what did the serpent do? The serpent just un, unequivocally he challenged her, based on what on the word of God, and wanted him to take in his word, which is a word of falsities, which we're going to get into it, and we're going to see exactly what happened because as she's sitting there, we got to understand exactly what Satan was doing. We're not going to go deep into the roots of Satan because we're going to more hone into. What's the deeper roots on what the woman was doing? So we're gonna pick we're gonna pick this up at two, and we're gonna keep moving down. 
And it said, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of every fruit of the tree in the garden. And now this eat of the fruit, this is eating of the truth. And that's what it's talking about, in the commandment. Because you hear, you hear Paul use that a lot, and you hear Jesus use that quite a bit, talking about the truth. These are the commandments of God. So you may eat, you may take in these fruits. Same as Jesus said when he broke the bread. Take this and eat, because that's his body. And then he being you, you being him, he being the Father. That's what this is all relating to. So when we're looking at, well, so when we're looking at, so when you get there, it says, but the fruit of the tree was in the midst of the garden. So with of that person that was in the midst of the garden, within within that garden, that's carrying that wisdom. That's why this tree, that's why it uses trees. These trees carry great wisdom. And that's what it was planted in the garden. So was in the midst of the garden, has said, ye shall not eat, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. So it was saying, so he told them, don't even touch this tree. Don't even talk to the tree. Why? Because they was weak and they and they, they was really on milk, especially we're dealing with Eve. She was mainly on milk. She was a babe in it. And we have to look at Eve where we're going to look in another scripture in a little bit where we'll see she was referred to as a fig tree that released her untimely fruit. And we're going to get to that part because we're going to, we're going to show you how all this ties in to make sure that you understand exactly what this what this allegory story is talking about. So it says, and the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doeth know that the day you eat there, thereof, then your eyes shall be open. So he's saying, so the days that you that you believe what he is saying, in those days, that he know your eyes will be open. And then you should be as guys like, 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 like him. That's what he's actually saying here. So your eyes should be open, and you should be as guys, knowing good and evil. Six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was good for food, taking in, believing this. That's what this is saying here. And it was pleasant to the eyes. Now what now it talks about Satan. You can also go into Isaiah. You can also look at Ezekiel. And Ezekiel also explains how beautiful this tree was. It tells you, I'm talking about, I'm talking about very explicit, telling you this tree was the most beautiful tree there. The same as was in heaven. So don't never think that Satan's going to come and he, he's this horned, red-looking, you know, dragon-looking person with a tail. It's not that. This is, this is a beautiful creature that you'll see, but it's war in his heart at all times. He, he's, he's, he's like a roaring lion marching up and down the earth, seeing whom he can devour. This is what he's doing. And who did he attack? He attacked the woman first. This is the same when you look at when he tried to attack Jesus. How did Jesus react to him? Jesus put the word back on him. He'll tell him, "You do this, you know, turn this, turn, turn this, uh, this stone to bread." He said, "What did Jesus do?" Jesus returned and gave him the word. What did she do? She seen it was good for food. So, so when she seen it was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. In a tree to be desired to make one wise. That's your key. To make one wise. Just because people look at the carnal sense and think that make one wise. How can you eat something to make you wise? But you could take in something. You can take in knowledge. You can take in information. To make you wise to what is going on about the world. That's what this is saying here. 
she took the fruit. So she took the message that he did, that he told her, and did eat. And, and gave also to her husband, with uh, he also gave her husband with her, and he did eat. And in the eyes, in the eyes of them were open, and they knew they were naked. So right here, the wisdom that was given to them, let them know they was naked, and this was to let them know that he had told them something. And how are we gonna qualify that? Because we're gonna qualify ourselves as we go down. And it says, and both their eyes was open. And, and what did they do? And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Let's go down to verse 11 because this is going to qualify what, what went on. Because as the Lord come walking through the, uh, the cool of the day, through the garden, and what did happen? He called for Adam and Adam hid himself. And he asked him, why did he hide? He said, because he was naked. And it tells you right here, picks up at 11. And he said, who told thee thou was naked? He's telling you clearly, who told you? Not, what did you eat? Did that? Did you eat and become, he said, who told you? You were naked. So he knew what went on. And then he said, how thou eaten of the tree? So he said, have you talked or spoke to this tree? This is all he is saying. All the time. Is not talking about, you know, about eating a fruit. You know, I mean, for most people use apple, pomegranate, they use everything. But he said, who told you? So an apple can't tell you anything. But the tree, the person that she was talking to with the wisdom who was more cunning than her and more subtle than her, told her she was naked. And she took that same information back to her husband and gave him that information and then he believed it. So so you have to take that to heart. Once you take it to heart and you believe it, this is what happens. So so he said, Have thou eaten thereof, and that I commanded th that I commanded thee that thou shouldn't not eat. So he's telling them plain as day, for he told them not to eat. But why? Because we know clearly when she went out there and she spoke to the she spoke to to the serpent, that, that cunning, that cunning, that cunning angel, he knew that she was a babe in the word. How do we know that? Let's go over to Revelation 6 and 13. And we're going to look at that part and get a, and get a little bit more, bit, bit of information to where we can understand exactly what happened and what transpired back in Genesis. And we're going to find that out in Revelation 6 and 13. So 6 and 13, and it says, And the stars fell from heaven. I mean, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. So we knew that they fell into the earth, which is quoting Isaiah 14 and 12. Oh, how they're fallen, O Lucifer. So it's saying the same thing. Now, watch out, watch out this. Even as a fig tree casted her untimely figs. So we know this, this fig tree casted her untimely figs, talking about Eve. How do we know? Because the second part, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, the mighty wind is a spirit. The spirit is the mighty wind. It's talking about Satan. Satan as a spirit, the same as when the Lord blew the breath of life into our nostrils. It's a mighty wind. This is saying the same thing. So we have to understand that this mighty wind 
she gave up her uncastly her, her, her untimely figs because they wasn't ripe. She wasn't she wasn't strong in the word. This is all this is saying. So since she wasn't strong in the word, and she still had the conversation, and what he was able to do, he talked her right into it with no issues whatsoever. So these this is where everything got started. So we so now we had a foundation where everything started off and why those was those was casted off because she gave up her untimely figs at her own time and she took in of what he was saying and she took that in. So she was being deceived. And then she gave to her husband. But you'll find out later the husband was not deceived. But we're gonna go down even more we're going to see this is where everything started. We're going to go down to Genesis 3 and 13. And it said, And the Lord said unto the woman, What is what is that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me. He fooled me. This is all this is saying. Unto the woman said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception. So now he's getting ready to lay down a law, a commandment on what's going to happen to her. This commandment will go throughout the generations at all times. So he said, In thy sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. So in the sorrow thee going to bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That is a direct commandment on what's going to happen. And this is where everything went down. And where people went out the way, and this is where the, all the screw-ups started happening. Because right here, it's telling you right now, he's going to rule over you. Now, most men will take that to where they'll say, well, she's supposed to tie my shoes when I... No, that's not what this is saying. So he's going to rule over you based on the word that he's given, based on the commandments that he give out. He's going to be giving these, these commandments to you. You're not going to be giving them to him. So it's the same as the Lord is over the church and, and we are over the woman. So what we are doing, we so once he give us what the commandments that he want to be going out through his through his word of his book, he want us to be giving this to you and to make sure we're giving it to you correctly at all times. Because if you're not giving it to you correctly, he's gonna hold hold the male responsible for that. Because you was deceived by Satan. Why? Because of the word you took it in. And saying that's why it's this just a, a light analogy. This is why women most times don't look on men's physical appearance to where you see beautiful women with with men that look okay. But what they do, they 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 looking up on the inward parts and you know how nice he is and how they being treated in different ways in that nature. And the man is more physical, but she seen when the tree looked it good and it was pleasant to the eye. It looked it good. So this is part of her problem. But the order was set. And when it was set, but women were not content with that. And this is where we have the women start going all disarray and start doing what they want to do. And we're going to go into this. And we're going to look at Proverbs 7. We're going to start at 5. Proverbs 7, we're going to start at 5. And it says, That they may keep thee, from strange women, what it's saying. So he want he's saying he wants you to keep from strange women, from the stranger which flattery, with her words, for that a window of my house I look through, my my casement. 
and be held among the simple ones, the simple ones, to discern among youth and young men void of understanding. So they don't have no understanding under this woman is what it's saying. So you have these women doing these things with the flattery of her words. She'd be using big words, different words, different understanding, different terminologies to where they get this, but they void the understanding on what they're saying. So she'll break it down the way she wants to break it down to give you the understanding on the way she wants you to understand it. And it's saying, and passing through the streets near her corner, and he that went her and he that went the way to her house in the twilight in the evening in the in the uh, black uh, in the black and dark night and beheld there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot in subtle heart cunning heart is going right back into this cunning heart thing because her heart is continually evil same as a man but she has a she has a motive and it says she is loud and stubborn her feet abide not her house now is she without now in the streets and lieth and wait on every corner so she is alive and wait on every corner so how is this church that she has built is on every corner we can find this out and pick this up we're going to go over to Ezekiel 16 and we're going to start at 24 so it's saying that she lies awake on every corner. And we're going to see this in Ezekiel 16 and 24. It says, Thou hast built unto thee an eminent place, and hast made thee an high place on every street. Exactly what Proverbs is telling you about. Thou hast built thy high place on every headway, and then made thy beauty a whore. So it's telling you right now, so the beauty of the word, they have made it a whore because what? They're they doing everything that's unruly to it. And have opened thy feet to everyone that passed by and multiplied thy whoredom. And this is what they're doing. So we have many women preachers doing this, going all over the place. They're putting up churches everywhere. And they and they and whoever listened to them, they have made themselves a whore because what? They, these people had these tickly ears. And if they say something that sounds pretty good to them and not so harsh and not so blunt to you, what they want to do, they want to accept that more so than they want to accept a, a commandment of God on what he's telling you what you need to do. And we have a women that's continually ruling over men. And Isaiah even even said this. And these are scriptures that most likely you'll never hear come out of women, uh, so-called preacher's mouth. You'll never see these come out of their mouths for the simple fact because... It implicates them. We're going to look at Isaiah 3 and 12. Because we have these women that want to rule over people. And it's causing this big problem. And it says in Isaiah 3 and 12. As for my people. Children are their oppressors. So you know these are children. These are people not even strong in the word. And it says. And women rule over them. Oh my people. They which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy path. It's telling you right there. This alludes you directly to where they erring and they destroy and they destroying the way of the path. Why? Because they're teaching you a false truth. They're teaching you falsities. This is what they're doing. They, you know, 
don't get me wrong, you have someone where they hit some scriptures and they and they might even give it to you correctly. But in the majority, they're going to give it to you incorrectly because it has precepts that ties to a lot of it that they can't run to because it's going to implicate them. And this is one This is one of them. So same, same thing. And we're going to look at this where it's telling them about the path. We're going to look at it and we go right to John 14 and 6. And John 14 and 6, we'll see. And Jesus says this clearly. And we're going to even see this even later back in Proverbs. It says, Jesus, Jesus 14 and 6, it says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And what he was saying, and most people just think he's the way, the truth, and the life. But to tell you more what he was saying, to give you a breakdown on what he was saying, meaning the way is doctrine. That's the way. is doctrine, teachings. Same thing. The truth is everything pertaining to doctrine or everything pertaining to truth. And the life is the essential good, which is life of truth. This is all he was saying all the time. But most people, well, he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man. But most people are not understanding what the truth is. The doctrine is the teachings. What is the truth? Is again, you go right back to Psalms 119, 142. It's the commandments of God. You can't, it's no way, it's out technically impossible to get around it. So, with this, we need to understand we need to protect our own souls to where we where we have to watch who's giving us knowledge and understanding to what we need to understand what we need to do to have eternal life and not letting people pump us with these these, these lovey-dovey things to, you know, um, you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son for whosoever believed on him should have everlasting life. These are things to where people will, will will pump false things to you, which it clearly says that in Scripture, but they're not giving you the correct understanding of it. Because if you go to John 17 and 9, Jesus will tell you, I pray for the world. I, pr I pray not for the world. I pray for them that, that you've given me, for they are thine. So how can one part be saying, you know, for whosoever, and then on the other hand, Jesus said, I'm praying not for the world. Because they don't want to give you the correct understanding. Is it a contradiction in there? No. Because because you have to understand what it was saying in the entire context. So this is part of the problem that we're going through. So we need to understand when people giving you understandings of the Bible, clearly understand exactly what they're giving you to where you can go back and research this and get that understanding. So we're going to look at Proverbs 2 and 16 and we're going to start there. And it's going to, it's going to get into what, what he's talking about. It says, <clears throat> to deliver thee from the strange women, even the stranger which flattery with her words, for which forsake the guide her youth, of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. So it's telling you, that's the covenant. What's the covenant of her God? Genesis 3.16. It's telling you right there. Unto the woman. He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow in thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be unto thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. That is the covenant of her God. She clearly forgot it. It's telling you right there in Proverbs. So so we have to understand what it's saying all the time. And everything, we have to always precept everything together, 
put a line upon a line, here a little, there a little, to where we can get a total understanding on what's going on all the time. He never set one Bible to where you can read through it all the way through. And then you get an understanding because it's impossible because you have to take a little here and a little there to where you can piece this together to where you can get to understand. If somebody just can read it through and get an understanding, this is why you have a lot of people write books. They read it and you get it. The Bible is not set that way. The Bible is set uniquely. It's set uniquely by itself because you have to study it daily to where you can get this understanding. And we're going to pick it up at uh, Proverbs 2 and 18. For a house inclineth unto death. So it's telling you the same thing as what Jesus said in um, John 14, 6. You see the same thing in Proverbs. So now in in, uh, in Proverbs 2.18, it says, For her house inclined unto death, her path unto the dead. Now he's saying his way is life, but he, but this one is de death. Then it says, None go and return, go none go to her and return again. Neither take up the way of path of life. So you see how everything relating right back to you against what Jesus is telling you. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men. It's not saying women. That's not interchangeable. And keep the path of the righteous. This is what this is saying in its entirety. So how is she doing this to smooth the words that she used and the word that she chooses to lure men to come in and women to come in and teach this false doctrine. You know, Proverbs speak on it. You have many other scriptures speak on it, but it tells you a specific thing about her on who she is. And we're going to look at part of it. We're going to look at Proverbs 5 and 3. And most people like to use Proverbs as, as wisdom. Many times when they go and they want to study scripture, they would like to run to Proverbs. Proverbs are giving you wisdom all through here, but most people had looked over it. On base, I telling you to stay away from these type of women. So we're going to look at Proverbs uh, 5 and 3. It says, For her lips of the strange woman drops as, her honey, as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as a, uh, as a wormwood, sharper Sharper as a two-edged sword. Understand what it's saying? Sharper than a two-edged sword. It's telling you about the word. This is all it's saying. And what it's saying that, you know, saying that Jesus is sharper than a two-edged sword. This is telling you the same, telling you the exact same thing, but it's telling you her end is is uh, is bitter as wormwood. And we're going to find out. Wormwood is actually talking about, it's talking about the name of Satan. And we're going to get, we're going to get into that. But her feet go, go down into death her steps take his hold on hell. This is talking about this woman that you wanted that you that most people like to go here preach and teach. This is what this is talking about. But wormwood, wormwood is a star that fell from heaven. And we're gonna pick that up and we're gonna see that in uh Revelations eight and eleven. In eight and eleven, and it and it's telling you clear right here where the name of the star, and it says, In the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. It's telling you right up here, but her end 
is bitter as wormwood. It's telling you exactly who she is all the time. So these are the scriptures. They 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 refuse to link these up together because as it's talking about these women with these strange lips, and you know, she's giving you this honeycomb, the the these sweet words, you know, she's pairing this stuff, you know, hey, you have to love and love and, and love this and love that, but you have something you need to be doing. You have something that, that's strict in here. And it's telling you her end is bitter as wormwood. Bitter as wormwood. And the name is called wormwood. And why? For many men died. Because they were made bitter. Based on what she was teaching. So we're going to look at another part where she turned the righteousness to lies. These are the same thing. This is what she's doing. And we, we ain't even got down into the nitty gritty parts of it yet. These are just parts where it's hidden on the letting you know exactly what she is about. But we're going to go down to Amos 5 and 7. And it tells you the same thing. Ye had turned judgment to wormwood. She had turned it bitter. And leave off righteousness in the earth. Why? We got to look at it again. We got to go to Proverbs again. Let's go back over to the wisdom side. 6 and 24. Proverbs 6 and 24. We're going to look at that. And, and uh, they'll leave righteousness off in the earth in Proverbs 6 and 24 to keep thee from evil women, from flatter, from flattery of, of the tongue and of the strange women, but, whos, but whoso committed adultery with woman lacketh understanding he that doeth destroy his own soul. So what is that saying? 32. But he whoso committeth adultery with a woman. So this one, if you commit an adultery, adultery is the same thing. He say, don't you be going on uh, when you praying to these other gods, these other idols. It's the same, it's, it's identical same thing. And what most of them are doing is not having you praying and worshiping the right God. They're having you praying to this other God. And most people think that they're not because what they're doing. They're sitting there, they're appearing as angels of light and ministers of Christ, and they're not. What they're doing, they, they're loading up their pockets and giving you a false doctrine. Because most women, you even have most men, they get into the ministry based on what? They get into the ministry based on false doctrine, based on they can become very, very wealthy with money and do many different things to where they can get, you know, just buy whatever they want to buy and don't have no problems with anything. But we have to understand what these what these women are doing. We're going to look at Lamentations 4 and 9. And it says right there, now where, right where it tells you about the, uh, up, up in Revelation, and even in, in that proverb, where they're sharper as a two-edged sword. We're going to look at Lamentations 4 and 9. But they are slain with the sword that are better than that than that be slain with hunger. For these pine away, strickening through their wants of the fruits of the field. So 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 that strickening through the want of the fruit of the field, which is the commandments, basically what it's talking about, the field, that had um, the hands of the pitiful women and suddenly their own children, that they were meat to the destruction in the daughters of my people. So right here it's talking about they they 
He's just basically making a free-for-all off of you. But here, what it's still talking about, and they will meet in the destruction to the daughters. Seeing the daughters of my people, it's talking to the cities. So many times you're seeing here where it's saying daughter, you you have to look at it within context, and you'll see that it's pertaining to cities. So it's the cities of my people. Or in his, this one is, is singular. It's just saying the city of my people. Basically what it's saying there. So when you go down to Proverbs 22 and 14, it's going to tell you the same thing. The mouth of strange women is, is a deep pit. He that is a whore of the Lord shall fall therein. So if you're a whore to the, to to listen to all these these honeycomb teachings and all this and that by her, this is what it's saying. You're going to fall therein. The foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. This is why it's saying the children, what it tells you over in Isaiah. That's what it's talking about. But the rod of correction should drive it far from him. So once you're corrected, you get that understanding and you will know exactly what is going on. But we have so many people who would think that a lot of these women preachers is 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 dead on point. You know, you have a lot of women preachers where there's not enough men out there to do this and we to do we to do that. So what they doing, technically what they're telling you, the Lord's not doing his job. But we're gonna we're gonna take care of that part too, because we're gonna hit some certain parts that they actually love to use. But they like to say the Lord's not doing his part. So we have to step up and take care of this. So we're gonna go out and teach the word. So this is technically what they're telling you. So we're going to go go down again, and same thing. We're going into wisdom. And we're going to stay in Proverbs. We're going to go to Proverbs 31 and start at 1. Proverbs 31 and start at 1. And it says, The word of the king Lemuel. Understand exactly what this is saying, because this is this is going to get to the deep part and start into the another to the second and last part of this teaching. It says the prophecy that his mother taught him. The prophecy that his mother taught him. Lemuel. He said, she said, what? My son. And what? The son of my womb. So she's letting you know this is her son. And what? The son of my vows. Understand what she's getting ready to say. Give not thy strength unto women. I don't know what part we're going to miss here. It says, Nor thy way that wish destroy kings. This is part of the problem on what we did. They have the strength and and we go their way. Because what? They sitting there saying that the Lord called them uh, well, the Lord called me to, to preach or to teach. Okay. The Bible tells you clearly, test the spirits. Test that spirit that came to you and spoke to you. See, because if it's not aligning with Scripture, that's the wrong spirit came to you. See, we're not denying that it was a spirit that came to you. But we saying test the spirit that came to you. See, was it of God or was it of Satan? Because he's always walking up and down the, the, the earth, seeing whom he can devour. And if he can talk you into it, and you go ahead and you bite it, same as Eve bite, 
bit onto that bit onto that word that he gave her in the garden, guess what? You can end up in the lake of fire based on you 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 you're just like a uh you you casting out your untimely fig because it's going against his word. So we have many we have many women who like to sit there and they like to talk about, you know, well the prophetess can go and talk and prophetess can do this and prophetess can do this because you got male prophets in there, so they want to hold the same statue as, as prophets. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna look into that. We're gonna see exactly what this is saying and seeing is that gonna hold water. Because right here we have three women that were married, and I'm gonna give you the scriptures. I'm not gonna go into the scriptures. But I'm giving them to you to where you can actually go look at them, you can study them, and you can see exactly what it's saying. And they're going to say, first is 2 Kings 22, 14. 2 Kings 22, 14. And 2 Chronicles 34 and 22. Hilda was a prophetess. They're going to let you know that she was a prophetess. It's clear, and it'll, and it'll tell you about her works and everything that she has done. We can look at Judges 4 and 4. We're going to look at Deborah. Deborah was a prophetess. These women was married, and she was a prophetess. We're going to go to Isaiah 8 and 3. Isaiah's wife, and it's, they called her the prophetess. They don't name her. But she was a prophetess. So we had three women that was married that was prophetess. We have a lot of people like to run to Anna. When she was a widow, but she was a prophetess. And you can find her in Luke 2 and 38. Luke 2 and 38. You can find her there. We also have um, um, Noah, um, Noida. And that's in Nehemiah 6.14. And she was a prophetess, but she wasn't married. And most people might not have heard of her, but she was a prophetess. But if you go over to Nehemiah 6.14, you, you can see that there. Now we can also look at Exodus 15 and 20. And we'll see Miriam, who was a sister of Aaron, who was also not married. She was a prophetess. And then we also have Acts 21 and 9 with Philip and his four daughters. They prophesied. And why do I say that? Because I want to make sure that these women understand the role on what's going on. But these women is clearly stated, sealed in the Bible as prophetess. And most women want to sit there and hold high positions in, in in churches based on they stating their prophetess. But to give you a short term and a short understanding on what a prophetess or a prophet is, they are the they are the, they are the vocal box of God. So if she's telling you anything or he's telling you anything contrary, contradictory to the Bible, they're a false prophet. They say that anything in the Bible, whatever they say, should perfectly align with the Bible. Perfectly. If they're telling you something and it become 99.9% .9 true, 
and 1% is off, he's a false prophet. A prophet will be 100% true 100% of the time. Not 99.9, not 90, not 80, not 50%, not 40. They're going to be correct 100% of the time. Because what they've been doing, they've been the mouth of the living God. And if they've been the mouth of the living God, they're not going to never bend or tell you something that's incorrectly, that's in the scriptures, that it won't align. They're telling you, you know, you have many that's in the churches, you know, you have prophets that... That they want to sit there and say they're in the churches telling you what to give. Give money, give this, give money for that, give money for this. All I say, test the scriptures. You put that against scripture, you'll find out right then. That's automatic. She's a false prophet. Because it's not going to lie. That's a guarantee. So they're going to tell you many different things, but that shows you how false they are. But now we have we have many saying they have the right to preach and teach. And one of the famous ones they like to use is First Timothy. Three, and we're gonna start at one. This is one they love to use. We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna hit it dead on because we're not we're not gonna change anything on what it's doing. So so they're gonna get the understanding exactly what's going on, and then once we go through that, we're gonna we're gonna find out through the rest of the scriptures to see exactly what went on. First Timothy three and one. First Timothy three and one. It says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work, a bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, a good behavior, uh, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, this is what they use, and then what they do is just say, it can mean a man or a woman. That's purely, they're they, they, they sending you a lie. They're pumping you a false doctrine because this is what they're going to use to use their false doctrine. And this is why, how you can see it. Number one, we're going to see right here, it's saying, this is a true saying, if a man. So they're going to say mankind. But now let's, now let's look at it. Has the office of a bishop, man or female. He. Now they got to change he to or if it's she. But watch how, but watch how gonna keep how they gotta keep changing. A bishop must be blameless. The husband. Now you gotta change husband to a wife. To one wife. Now you gotta change wife to husband. It makes no sense. Then they say vigilance, sober, hospitality, and all that is one thing. But so they have to change the husband, they have to change the wife around, they have to change the he, they have to change a lot of stuff around the other way. Which is giving you a false doctrine, but this, but this is one of the main scriptures they love to use. But we're gonna, but we're gonna nail all this down in one second. Then we're gonna look at Genesis, uh, Jeremiah three and fifteen, because it says there, uh, Jeremiah three fifteen, it says, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding, as I've been saying all the time. You have to have the knowledge and understanding of this word to be able to give it out. But this is what they're lacking. Why? Because they can't feel, they can't give you the full body of the word. But they're going to tell you right here in First Timothy three and two, three one and two, disqualifies them. So we have the prophets and the prophetess. So we have the prophetess saying that they're qualified 
to do this. So if they qualified to do this and the Bible supports it, I want to know one thing. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 11. And we're going to start there. It says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Now, this is Ephesians 4 and 11. Now, have you noticed he never said prophetess? Let's look at it again. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 11. It says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, they might try to sit here and try to tell you prophets also mean prophetess, and it don't. It's clear. Because he's going to even qualify it later when we get down. So this is something that where the problems start lying into, which they don't want to address. So when they're sitting there telling you that, and just like I said, you can look all through the Bible, you're never going to see anything where it's going to change. See, unless they sit there and they had to write prophetess in there. When it says prophetess or prophets, he'll put them both together if he wants to. But you see clearly here, because we're going to qualify this 4 and 11 and tell you exactly what it's doing. We're going to pick this up at 12. It says, for perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry and edifying the body of Christ. 13, till we come into unity of faith and that the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth uh, be no more children. Same thing, who, who's oppressing them? You can go right to Isaiah. It says children, you know, that they are, they, they, that they are the children and, and the women are the oppressors. So it's telling you, so you don't want to be no more children tossed to and fro. So same thing, we go right back over here and we can look Right at Isaiah 3 and 12. In Isaiah 3 and 12. So now they're being tossed to and fro. It says in 14, that we henceforth be no more children. You go to Isaiah 3 and 12. Just keep your finger still over here on the Ephesians. We go over to Isaiah 3 and 12. And let's look at this really seriously. And it says, as for my people, children are their oppressors. And women rule over them. It's telling you the same thing over here. It's in being no more children, being tossed, being tossed to and fro, and carry every wind of doctrine. Every wind. The mighty wind. I'm telling you right there. Revelation 6.13. It's telling you clearly in that every wind of doctrine, every wind of teaching. And same thing. You want to get right there? We, we can go right there to it. And it's telling you right there. Um... We have to get right to it. Revelations. And we're going to hit there. 6.13. And it tells you right there. And the star fell from heaven. Even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when she was shaken by a mighty wind. A mighty wind. The spirit. But being shaken by a mighty wind. Being shaken by a mighty teaching. What he did, he taught her. He taught her. He taught her to believe what I what he was telling her, and she bought it. 
and this is the predicament we're in today. So this is what it so we've been tossed to and fro. But the slightest of men in the cunning craftiness, which is telling you this is all just telling you the same thing. The cunning craftiness. And what 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 we been saying? He's subtle. He's crafty. He he's sharp at doing these things. So we have to understand what this is saying all the time. So whereby they lie and wait to deceive. This is what it's saying right here. So all this to say what? See, he said this, and he telling you in Timothy three on it, but he but he cleared it in Timothy two. So we look at First Timothy two and eleven. It says, "Let the women learn in silence and all subjection." But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor assert authority over man, but to be in silence for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression, was in sin. I don't know what part we got to see here, but we have to understand here that God gave the certain women divine approval and authority to speak to his people. They do have their place, but to, to, to preach and teach his word, they don't. And see, and most women don't even know this, but you have a lot of women preachers that try to run to some of these scriptures and try to use these and try to flip them the other way. But they're teaching you how to fall, to deceive, and to lead you right to destruction. And we're going to look at the last one is Micah 6 and 4. And this is why, because women, same as men, you have many of women never taught in churches. They don't teach in churches. They don't teach in large congregations. But they, but but what does it say? It tells you to teach those younger women how to be modest and what they need to be doing. That's what it teaches. But we're gonna look at uh, um, uh, Micah six and four, because I'm gonna show you that even with these prophetess, that he recognized them. And it tells you right there, Micah 6 and 4, it says, For I brought thee up out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servant. So he's letting you know he, he redeemed the people. But look at the people he's going to name. And I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam's a prophetess. So was she accounted for one of the ones? Yes. But... Was she one of the ones who who, who they supposed to um, hold at, at this high authority to where she's going to preach to the people? No. But these are the things that we like to use to, to, to justify some of these women that preach in these positions. This is why they say, and it tells you clearly in the Bible, once this gospel is preached throughout the world, the end will come. The gospel that they're preaching is going throughout the world. And, and and with that, we're going to be doing teachings on on the gospel, which if you go to through the school, you can get a lot of information on that. 
But most people don't even know what the gospel is. Because most people just think, you know, the gospel, he lived, he died, and he raised up again. And they believe all they have to do is have faith in Christ, that they have eternal life. That's the biggest lie, the biggest facade, the biggest, I don't know, just everything you can think of that a preacher, a teacher, evangelist can pump anyone. Because the Bible don't teach what they're showing. Because the scriptures are there where if you believe on Jesus Christ, you 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 have you have salvation, you have life. Yeah, that's that's all true, but it's something attached to that that they refuse to tell you. It's it's something attached to it that they're not going to tell you. And if you don't know what it is, and if all you think you can do is believe and you have everlasting life, they have truly fooled you. You have the women doing it, you have the men doing it. But clearly these women is not allowed to teach. They go out, they want to teach these doctrines on what they want you to understand, but they cannot teach the Bible from Genesis to Revelations because all through that, as I showed you, and we kind of went, all we went in the front, the middle, the back, some in the middle, some near the end. We don't went through all the Bible and showing you all through there that women are not to do what they're doing and how it strictly teaches about they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing this stuff. But we have so many that are, that are out there that believe that they are apt to teach and they're leading you right to destruction. So with that, I hope you was richly edified. Search the scriptures, check them, research them. And, and many of you, as you go through there, if, if that's what you want to continue to do, all we can do on this end is give you what truth is. If you decide to do whatever truth with it, that you want to do with it, and you want to decide to keep going that direction, that's your choice. But all I'm saying is the Bible is straightforward in what it's about. So don't ever think that you was a step better than what the examples that he left for us to follow. So if you think you're better than those examples, I, I you know, I wish you God speed because at the end you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna bust hell wide open. He left the example. Understand it. Don't ever think that he made another woman above one of these women, same as Miriam. But clearly she is etched in this book. As a prophetess. And you have many of these other women out there calling themselves prophetess and doing everything contrary to what this one did and think they're going to heaven. I, I, I really I really beg to differ. And really the Bible already shows me what the truth is. So with that, I wish you were richly edified. Please go back and research the scriptures that was given. And I will see you on the next one. With that, I bid shalom.